is Faith Revisited. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ben. I'm the senior pastor at Historic Trinity Church in downtown Savannah. I'm passionate about following Jesus, loving my family, enjoying all sports involving a ball, and a constant pursuit to find the perfect bottle of bourbon. And I'm Molly, a Methodist from the West Coast, but after moving to Savannah a few years ago, I found a home in Trinity and a friend of Ben's. My greatest joy in life is simply sitting on the front porch with my husband, my crazy dog, and a great bottle of red wine. On Faith Revisited, we'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church. We'll talk about United Methodist Matters as our denomination faces an exciting and uncertain future. We'll explore church leadership in the 21st century. And we'll talk to different faith leaders about their perspectives of religion today, how we can be more authentic, stop alienating people, and how faith is more important than ever to connect us to God and each other. Hey, maybe we'll touch on a topic that speaks to exactly where you are in your faith. We won't know until we try, right? Let's do it. Welcome to this episode of the Faith Revisited podcast. Ben and Molly here with you. Hello. Uh, this week, we decided that we wanted to kind of do like a 101 on the season of Lent. This is Monday that we're recording, uh, the week of Ash Wednesday, the great 40 days uh, begins uh, this Wednesday leading up to Easter. And um, talking off air, realize that that there's a lot about Lent that's confusing um, and, and a lot that we can kind of understand so we can appreciate this season um, even more. Absolutely. Before we were on the call and Ben and I started recording the podcast, we were talking about my knowledge of Lent is probably stuck in Sunday school terms. So that was the last I had really studied or learned of Lent and the reasoning behind it, how long it is. I just had to Google how long is Lent and it is 40 days. You did just say that. So that is accurate information, correct? One, one technicality. It's 40 days not counting Sundays prior to Easter. That seems like they confused it for a little bit. Does this have to do with flood, like the biblical flood? Didn't well, that last 40 days? Yes. 40 days, 40 days is, is um, um, a very important um, number Time frame? in scripture. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the Noah and the 40 days of rain and all of that, um, specifically for Lent, we look at the, the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness prior to his earthly ministry officially beginning according to scripture. So he goes to the wilderness, okay. he's tempted by Satan. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to read this. I'm giving you a precursor to the text. We're actually going to read on Sunday, uh, for the first Sunday of Lent in Matthew's gospel. And, and so he's in the, the wilderness for 40 days. And that's sort of his um, initiation into his public ministry. Okay. And this may be another dumb question, but I'm sure other no listeners... dumb questions. Okay. Is 40 days also have to do something in the Jewish faith with a lamp or oil? Is there another 40 days that has to do 
Yes, yes. And okay. so 40, it's, this, this is one of those sacred numbers that we, we've kind of shared. Oh, uh, I never made these connections before. By the way, post-resurrection, there's 40 days between the resurrection and Pentecost in the church. Oh, season. okay. So yeah, 40 so, is the magic number. Yeah, like the right one, answer in Sunday school is always Jesus. 40 days is probably the right answer for any guess. other. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, so 40 days not counting Easter. One thing I, I, I want to note for listeners, and especially for those of you who, who may be leaders in your own church, um, I, don't, I don't want Molly to feel uh, embarrassed that she said she has the Sunday <laughs> school knowledge of Lent. The truth is most people do because we don't do a yeah. good job teaching these things in the church. And so it's important that we teach these things, the meaning of them, um, the history behind them so people can appreciate them more. So the season of Lent is 40 days not counting Sundays. Um, some scholars call Sundays during the season of Lent many Easter's. You'll hear okay. people say, I'm going to give up chocolate for Lent. Yes. Well, Sunday becomes a cheat day for a lot of folks because it's the mini Easter. So you're not counted in Lent on Sundays. Um, I, I personally just think that if you're going to give something up, you just need to give it up. Give it up for You know, don't, don't cheat every Sunday and say you're still giving it up. It's, it doesn't count. But for many people, it's mini Easter, so you get to cheat okay. on Okay, and then question on fish fries. What are the – is fish fry have to do with this season, and what's the purpose of that? Well, because um, meat on Friday is kind of a Catholic thing, that, oh, okay. and this is, this is interesting. So it goes into Catholic history, but, um, if you look at school lunch calendars for children, yes. every Friday seafood is served. Interesting. Uh-huh. You give up meat on Fridays. So that's, that's, that's where that tradition comes from. I, I, I think it has something to do with, with Lent that there's a tie in there that during the season Lent, but you know, it, it's not one of the big ones. Um, okay. It, do you know what the color of Lent is in the liturgical season? I mean, my guess is purple, but that's purple just... would be is correct. It purple? Oh, good. Yep. Good. I know it's like a royal color, and that's associated with yep. Jesus. Yeah, royalty um, is, <laughs> is viewed as for the triumphant resurrection. Purple is also the color of Lent because um, it's a color for mourning. That, that in sadness. Mm. And so you, you use that to remember um, the passion. When I was a kid, I had a wonderful pastor who used to teach us the liturgical calendar with little, little ways for kids to remember things. And so uh -huh. I always knew that the season of Lent had the color of purple because odds are when you pull Lent out of your pockets in the dryer, <laughs> it's purple. purple. <laughs> so you know the color of Lent is always purple. That's brilliant. That's yes. brilliant. I'll never yes. forget it again. That's yeah. right. So the color is purple, and it's 40 days. The history of Lent, it, it's kind of a mixed history, but in early church tradition, baptisms happened on Easter Sunday. And so converts okay. would be baptized on Easter and it, you know, it varies throughout history and, and, you know, I hope we get some church history nerd who's listening to this and, and who will um, contact us or comment that maybe I'm getting something wrong here, but the, the see the tradition of Lent that we observe comes from the season of preparation that converts would go through. Uh, preparing okay. for their baptism. And so, you know, you don't just baptize willy-nilly. You, 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 you 
you know, they, they would work with people, the early church would, um, realigning their life, you know, um, good habits, the catechism, uh, teaching the way of, of Jesus, uh, teaching the, the scriptures, teaching various things. So you have the season of preparation that you're getting your life in order. And then on Easter Sunday, um, at the Easter vigil, converts would be baptized. So Lent is kind of a tie-in from that, that uh, the emphasis, you know, we, we tend to emphasize the passion of Jesus, which is very important. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but for me, I, I think what gets lost, if we're not careful, is the importance of remembering our history of emphasizing discipleship, that this is the time of year that our faith should be growing stronger. And that's a great lesson because I feel like I'm well aware of Holy Week and what happens towards the end of Lent because there are movies made about it. And like, that's something that everyone goes over every Easter Sunday. You know, that's like, everyone talks about this is what's been happening. Um, But the whole season of Lent is a great opportunity for us to stop and prepare and to strengthen our discipleship and to do something. It's not so much people say, you know, oh, I'm going to give up chocolate, like you said, but um, what can we add into our lives and focus on discipleship in the season. I think that's a great way for us to stop and refresh. Plus we're, you know, two, three months into the new year. And, you know, this is another great opportunity for kind of a refresh time for us to um, start again, if our goals have seemed to be lost. So that's a great way for discipleship as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, for me, I, I always, and you'll hear me make fun of it, the whole like, I'm giving up chocolate for Lent. Or like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fine to deny yourself something. And, and, and if chocolate is getting in your way of loving Jesus, then by all means, give it up. Yeah. But, but just the act of giving something up that you're going to take right back after Easter, to me, yeah. it just seems a little silly. Um, you know, like you said, you add a new habit, add something that's going to help you love God more, add something that's going to help you grow in your faith. Maybe, maybe for Lent, you want to get up 15 minutes earlier and, and have a little more time with God. Maybe, maybe you want to, um, read your Bible daily. I, you know, things like that to me are a lot more life changing and and impactful than giving up chocolate. Um, you know, unless chocolate really is standing between you and God. Hey, you never know. Yeah, some folks you never know. So for my sermon series, uh, for those who who care or maybe need to be planning their preaching, um, you know, for this season, uh, we're we're calling our series "Giving Up." You know, because we people give up things for Lent, but I'm trying to talk about things that that bigger things, the things that we really need to think about giving up beyond chocolate and you know, sweets and things like that. And I'm using the lectionary for those who care, the the lectionary um, passages that that work through the season of Lent. But we're going to talk about things like giving up our need to control everything. Oh, Uh, I could use that lesson. (laughs) Yeah. Giving up unreasonable expectations, Mm -hmm. Um, giving up superiority, you know, how we, how we secretly feel like, you know, we're better than other people or we measure ourselves against other people so much. Mm -hmm. Um, one that that's a a tough one is, is, uh, giving up, um, how we, how we hold on to enemies. Mm. I mean, for the political climate that we're in, you know, that's going to be a really, really important one to say, you know, like having enemies is not a very good thing to keep. And, 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 we thrive, it seems, off of, off of doing that. Um, one of the others stories, or us and them type oh, scenario. Yeah. yeah, one of the one of the stories that I'll tell um, 
I heard this, a, a friend of mine gave a sermon that he was in, I think Ireland, and he was talking to a sheep farmer. And, and the sheep farmer, he, you know, he just started talking. And so he asked the guy, you know, like, why, why do we always say sheep and goats, sheep and goats? You know, what, what, what's the thing about why do sheep and goats go together? You know, even in scripture, Jesus tells a story, a parable about separating the sheep and the goats. Why are sheep and goats always together? And the farmer said, I don't know, but they just, they just do well together. And there's something about things that are different and people who are different that, that if we stop long enough, we actually are better together. So that, that whole enemy is just because people think different, vote different, um, whatever it may be. You know, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about um, the life of discipleship. Get, what does it mean to actually give up your life, um, lay down your life to, to, um, to die to yourself that you may be raised uh, to Christ? And then finally giving up uh, popularity, you know, this notion that, yeah. that we got to be the most popular person around. So that's kind of where we're going on the preaching end. But I want to, like I said, I wanted to talk about things that were deeper and more meaningful than just giving up chocolate or caffeine or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And we just came off a really great sermon series on emotionally healthy spirituality. And it was very hands-on and tangible things and reasons that people can take away each Sunday. And so I think going into your Lenten sermon series, it's again, very tangible items that people can, um, they don't even have to be the churchiest of church people, but if they come in on a Sunday, they'll get a good lesson out of it and you won't, you know, bore the rest of the crowd. Yeah. It's funny. I was thinking about this the other day because I've put more time into my preaching calendar this year than I think I've ever done. And we've talked about this in other episodes that just realigning some priorities and, and, and systems are working well. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I can focus on Preaching's the one unique thing that I do at this church that no, that nobody else is doing, um, and so I put more time and energy into my preaching calendar this year than probably any other year. But but some of the series are almost kind of working together, or maybe they're just reflective of where I am. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, to to talk about deep stuff, but also very real everyday stuff. Um, just naming the stuff that 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 you know, six days a week when you're not coming to church you're thinking about or struggling with or, or dealing with, we, that's the stuff that's, that makes life what it is. And, and that's what yeah. you bring with you as baggage on Sundays. I feel like I owe it to you to, to talk about that important stuff and not talk about churchy stuff. Yeah. I mean, but it's great to tie in. What I'm getting most out of this is the scripture that ties into those everyday lessons. I've been trying to read, I have been reading the Bible more. I have been studying more religiously than like any other time in my life right now. Um, But I love how we can tie in the everyday things that we struggle with in with liturgy and scripture and um, the parables and really just learn how it all relates. It's all the same. You know, we're not going through anything special in our lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, And that's, that's where faith and life, you know, ultimately meet and, and hopefully grow together. Um, that the life of faith is 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 a, a daily life. I'm I'm reading this uh, or listening, I should say, to this Audible book. It's it's wonderful, um, and it's not at all what I expected, but but it's better than anything I I would have asked for. It's by uh, Father James Martin. He's a Jesuit priest. Um, if you're a fan of Stephen Colbert, you may remember that he would have a priest on the Colbert Report. Um, Father Jim Martin, and and he was 
Colbert called him the the chaplain of the Colbert Nation. Um, mm-hmm. But Jim Martin and is really funny guy, Jesuit priest. He's written books. He's fabulous. Um, but, but he and Colbert are good friends. And he's got this book um, about Thomas Merton and uh, Henry Nouwen becoming who you are. And so mm-hmm. you're going to hear me talk about this more. But but the idea is, it, I thought it was just a biography about Merton and uh, Henry Nouwen, but really he's talking about his own story and how oh. becoming your true self is the ultimate journey of discipleship. Because there's this false self that we, things we pretend to be, things we want to be, things that we don't like about ourselves. So we try to mimic someone else. And this idea that becoming your true self, the person God made you to be is really the journey of faith. And so a lot of that I hope is coming out, um, you know, in, in the direction of how we're preaching and, and hopefully what people are walking away with. That's great. That's great. So let's talk about here we are starting Lent. Today is Ash Wednesday that this podcast episode is being released. Um, what are some things happening in the life of the church that we are doing? Yes. So uh, when listeners can hear this, we will have um, just filled our bellies with pancakes on Shrove Tuesday. Uh, Yes. One of the most popular events of the church year. I was, last year was my very first pancake supper at Trinity and it was shocking. I mean, we filled the fellowship hall completely, like to the brim, almost max capacity. So I'm really looking forward to when this comes out, I'm going to you know, put a projection out there. It's going to be our most successful pancake breakfast. Yeah. And, and the tradition, this is only the third year that we've kind of brought this tradition back. <clears throat> so, um, a couple years ago, we, uh, we started it and I think we probably had a, a couple dozen people. Um, it wasn't huge, but, but it's just, it grew the next year. And then this year, you know, uh, we'll, we'll be our, be an even better year, but it's just a fun all ages, family friendly. Um, our, our volunteers do a great job, uh, you know, with pancakes and then, you know, Mardi Gras decorations and all that kind of stuff. By the way, you know why uh, this, to tie into the season of Lent, why it's Fat Tuesday? I don't know the relation, but I know it is Fat Tuesday. Okay. is Fat Tuesday is related to the season of Lent because the idea is you're supposed to fill your belly up because starting on Ash Wednesday, you deny yourself. Oh. So Fat Tuesday became a thing that if people were going to be not eating as much or not not gorging themselves uh, because Ash Wednesday is a day of penance, then the night before. So it's carb loading. That's right. You carb load for Ash Wednesday. That's exactly what we do. <laughs> That's exactly right. So that's why people eat pancakes and they, they have a great time. That's why, you know, New Orleans goes crazy with, with uh, Mardi Gras and all that for Fat Tuesday. So uh, Shrove Tuesday, Pancake Supper, great event for all ages. Uh, and then Ash Wednesday, we'll do one service that evening uh, at 6 o'clock. And so uh, we'll look forward to that. And, and I keep that service pretty simple. I was talking to a friend who, you know, he asked, am I going to preach? I don't preach Ash Wednesday. I, I did once upon a time at a previous church, but that's a day for simplicity. It's a day where the liturgy can carry the occasion and our choir sings. And so it's, it's for me, it's a great day of liturgy and music. And then, of course, the ashes, the imposition of the ashes is a sermon unto itself. And so I don't preach on that, that service and and the service stays about 30 minutes, but it's very simple. Nice. 
So and uh, then you have your sermon series leading up. Sermon series, that's right. And then we'll get ready for Holy Week. Um, it's funny here at this church because our we don't really have a tradition for Holy Week. Part mm-hmm. of that is because we're a big venue for the Savannah Music Festival. And because yeah. Easter moves around, you know, so much, many years like this year, music festival is happening during Holy Week. And mm-hmm. so we're going to just do a Good Friday Tenebrae service. Again, um, choir, music, we'll, we'll do the Passion readings for Good Friday. So that's the day I, I let Scripture kind of carry the day, and we read the, uh, the text, and then I won't preach on Good Friday, and our choir will sing instead. Uh, but yeah, we won't do Maundy Thursday. A lot of churches do Maundy Thursday um, and Good Friday. Um, but we, we just won't because the availability of our sanctuary with concerts happening is just too difficult. So we'll just have the one. And then we are taking the big leap this year on Easter. Yeah, we are going to two services. That's right. Adding a service. We're going to see how this goes. Um, for those of you who, you know, preach and have four Easter's, good on you. We're trying to catch up. Um, yes. But we traditionally, we just do one service on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. Um, and Molly, you know how I'm itching to to start a second service at some point. Yes, you are. So this is kind of us testing the waters. And um, we do have really great turnouts on Easter. It's one of my favorite Sundays of the year. It's It was my very first Sunday at Trinity. That's how I found Trinity is I came to an Easter Sunday service. And so we are hoping to open it up for more people and more opportunities. Yeah, and we're, and we're going to... Uh, we're doing one at 8:45 and then one at 11 uh, on Easter Sunday. And one of our goals is what we said, if we're going to add it, we're not going to do a miniature version at the mm-hmm. early service. The idea is if you go to Easter brunch or you have family plans or something that 11 is just too late, then come to the early service. We are going to put on duplicate services. So we will have brass. We will have full choir. We will the whole nine yards mm-hmm. um, for both services. I, I'm, we are feeding the choir. We're going to make sure that we that we bring in food and treat them like royalty um, because they are really going to give us yes. a lot and make these services wonderful music. Everybody knows you come to Easter for the music anyways. Yeah. I mean, the preaching's okay, but let's be honest. It's the music that's... Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's be honest. It's, preaching's it's, Yeah, it's the music that carries the day. Um, But we're going to do two services. And we were reaching capacity last year at the one service, and so... I thought this is a good opportunity. And, and you know, what will happen is last year the sanctuary was probably 90%, a little more than 90% full. And it may go down to like 75% full at 11 o'clock. But, you know, and only, you know, half full at 845. But if you add the mm-hmm. two of them together, then, then my goal is um, we have been getting close to hitting 300 people on Easter. Wow. We average we average on a given Sunday now we average about 130 to 150, mm-hmm. and and the last couple of years, just for perspective, not that numbers are everything, but just to kind of show where we've come from, 2016, so four years ago, our Easter Sunday had 135. Mm-hmm. We're averaging that wow. every Sunday now. Um, Easter yeah. Sunday has been over. 200, 250, and then last year we got up to about 290, and so uh, I'm hoping that this year we go over 300, and I'm hoping that the second service um, will help us do that. We will only live stream the 11 o'clock service, so. Yes. 
but uh, yeah, very excited about that. Um, very excited about Easter. It's, it's just a, a wonderful day. Um, hoping the weather will uh, cooperate and it'll just be a gorgeous day in downtown. Yeah. Do you oh, have oh, any oh. plans? Oh, yes. I almost, almost forgot the most important part. During the 10 o'clock hour, our kids' Easter egg hunt's happening. Oh, how fun. I didn't know that. See, I didn't even, I didn't even tell. We just decided this because again, because of music festival and because of the, the, the availability of our space, we just decided to roll it into one amazing Easter Sunday morning. So there's worship at eight forty-five. You can stay and your kiddos and their wonderful clothes can, um, hunt eggs on the square. Um, we'll have photographer out kind of capturing the day. Uh, you can come early. If you're going to go to the 11 o'clock service, you can come early and hunt eggs during the 10 o'clock hour, but that 10 o'clock hour is going to be real big time for uh, children and families. So very excited about Easter. That's really great. So as we wrap up this podcast episode, Ben, do you have anything that you personally want to work on this Lenten season? It may not be a giving up chocolate, but what are some of your goals that we can then revisit to keep ourselves accountable um, at the end of this Lenten season? Is there something that you're focusing on? Yeah, great question. I think for me, um, I, I have really been growing in my personal devotion time. And so I, uh, th- there's a practice, the, the daily examine, it's an Ignatian spirituality practice, but it's a way of journaling at the end of the day to kind of reflect back on the day. It's mm-hmm. something that I've done from time to time, but I really want to focus on doing that. So every morning I wake up, read scripture, do a devotion, and I journal. And, and, and within that, I include a gratitude list. But then I want to, at the end of the day, to come back and have a second time of devotion and reflection. So it's a way of bookending your day. And that's going to be my big Lenten practice to do the daily exam in as many days as possible. How about you? That's awesome. Well, I'm trying to figure out my best routine um, and how I've been spiritually growing. So I think I'm going to use this Lenten season to try a bunch of different things and see which one I like the most. Um, so I do, I have a bunch of different, you know, the, was it the 90 day plan for reading the Bible? I'm like two weeks in, but it's definitely not every day. But then I also do a devotional and I also have like a write the word journal. So, um, I'm trying to figure out what's the best way that's going to stick with me. I downloaded the Lexio 360 app and I've done that once or twice. So I think this Lenten season for me is going to be figuring out my best way where I most connect with scripture and devotion time and um, what I can carry beyond Lent. That's awesome. And keep in mind that, that it's, it's probably a good thing to kind of mix and match and do things. I'll yeah. go through phases that I'll spend a couple of months on one thing, and then I'll just kind of lose rhythm and then pick up a different one. So it's good that you're out there experimenting and um, certainly making it happen. So that's awesome. Yeah, this is all new to me. I have not been one. I feel like a lot of my spiritual education ended at Sunday school. Um, so this is a new season for me to start learning and reading the Bible and figuring out what works. So wish me luck. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And it's so much fun to be your pastor and watch you grow in your discipleship. And um, it, it, it's, it's a good culture that, that you're a product of that, that we're working on growing. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the Faith Revisited podcast. We wish you a wonderful Lenten season um, leading up to Easter. We hope that you are fulfilled and um, find reason to for this season, I guess. It's a new season. Um, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes and 
yeah, let us know if you have any podcast episodes or topics that you'd love for us to chat about. See you next time.